Hi there. I am so excited to invite you to attend our fourth annual free virtual special education and advocacy conference. We are hosting it here at Ashley Barlow Company in partnership with Rebecca Poe Teaching. And we are so excited for a few new things at this year's conference. The first new thing is that we have not just one, but two different tracks for attendance. For the first time ever, we have created a track that is specific for school staff and teachers. We also still have that traditional track that we intend to be really great for parents and caregivers in the IEP arena. So yes, we have a teacher track and a parent track. On that teacher track, you are going to learn about things like easier data collection, gestalt language processing, behavior reading, and other super hot topics in special education practice, as well as advocacy. On the teacher and caregiver track, you're going to learn about stress management for caregivers, using adaptive books, something that I have really kind of um, dove into here at my own house, inclusion advocacy, advocacy strategies, and so, so much more. That free ticket will give you one pass, one access to one presentation per hour on the track that you choose, either that teacher track or the parent track. Of course, if you are not available on January 19th or January 20th when the conference is taking place, you can buy tickets to access the conference on demand. And those tickets, of course, are available at our website, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference slash 2024. Check out the website for more information about ticketing. This year, we also have something super exciting planned. We have decided to make this a two-day event. When I partnered with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I told her that I really feel like School districts, disability organizations, and other community organizations need to start providing trainings that are accessible to teachers, related service providers, administrators, parents and caregivers, and other community members that are interested in IEP support. What if we all attended the same training? What if we all learned information about special education practice? curriculum, how to read evaluations, that kind of stuff, about special education advocacy, how we can collaborate more, how we can work together, and even about special education laws. What if we all attended those presentations and we workshopped them together? So together with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I have created the Empowered Workshop Series, and we are excited to bring it to your organization or school in 2024 and beyond. If you are interested in having Rebecca and I bring a workshop to you, you can see a preview of the Empowered Workshops on January 19th, the Friday before our main conference programming. For more information about that, either send me a DM or check out the website, again, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi everyone. Welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, 
a teacher or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. Welcome back to another episode of Special Education Advocacy with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow and I'm so happy you're here. You know our brand here, friends, is Perfectly Imperfect. Well, we're back to summertime Perfectly Imperfect, which is less perfect, far more imperfect than even normal imperfection here at Ashley Barlow Company. So I wish you could see the setup. You are propped up. I just feel like I need to tell you exactly how imperfect we are around here. Um, I have to do a, a colo-guard because I turned 45 and my doctor said, you don't need a colonoscopy. You can do that thing that, where you like mail it. Don't worry, it's clean. It's fresh in the mail from colo-guard to me. So I have Cologuard, but that wasn't quite tall enough. So then I have a little notebook with like all of the fuzz falling off of it. Like these guys, you know, those little like frilly things falling off of it. And then you're propped up not even on an iPad. You're propped up on the microphone that I use for my computer. And then I have all of my tutoring stuff everywhere because <laughs> I don't have like a separate tutoring area yet. So there's just assessments everywhere and highlighters and red and green crayons and uh, my blending board. And then there's also like legal work. Uh, I've got a graveyard of three cups over here. It is just a disaster. You also might notice that the audio is less than perfect. Well, that's because my I, my AirPods haven't been charged. And today I am recording this on June 5th. It is the first day that Jack has a summer babysitter. And it is the first day that we have ever tried to have a babysitter in our house while I am working from home. So here we go, perfectly imperfect. And you know, like I think there's a lot to learn in that. First of all, I hope it just makes me relatable to you guys. You know, my goal here at Ashley Barlow Company is just to help. And if for no other reason, I hope that I'm helping you realize that nothing's perfect. <laughs> so that's number one. But in addition to that, you know, I hope that you see how much we get done here, right? Like we really, you know, I practice law and I have all of the resources that I have for you at Ashley Barlow Company and none of that would happen if I had this perfection thing on myself. So we as caregivers, we as teachers, we as advocates, we as humans, and then also our children as humans can't have this, you know, like perfection thing. I am definitely a perfectionist. And so this is a coping strategy that I have developed. And I hope that you see how successful it is, how much I am able to do, and even how much I'm able to rest if I can just sit with the discomfort of imperfection. We got a lot of it going on around here. So, Today we're gonna to talk about the power of yes. My goal this summer is that when I am recording things just for you, that with, with just me, everything's just for you, but just for you with just me, without a guest is what I mean, is that I make them pretty uh, small and short so that you 
you know, can be pretty efficient in your listening. I know summertime's a little bit busy and we let the data drive the instruction around here. And so certainly my listenership is a little bit low in the summer. I'm sure you probably come back and listen again in the fall when things start to ramp up. But anyway, I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet for you this summer so that if you have a little bit of time on your way to drive to soccer practice or swim team or wherever you're going, you can catch up. So without further ado, today we're going to talk about the power of yes. Really what I'm talking about is actually being able to say yes at the IEP table and beyond and how like doing that can really impact your meeting vibe, how it can really kind of turn a meeting around for the good. So let's talk about why that happens. You know, this is an advocacy strategy. Here's the thing, but you know what, before we even talk about why it happens, I'm like already off my script here, perfectly imperfect. So, you know, we as parents, we hear no a lot, right? Like our toddlers say no, and then people become teenagers and they also start to like get an opinion about things again. And we hear no from them. A lot of parents hear no from age zero until 50 you know, depending on their kids' personalities and uh, what what they're interested in. And, you know, we don't really love to hear no, right? Like we don't really love it, especially when no is just for the sake of saying no, right? Like that adversarial no. And so when you think about it with your kids, that toddler time is really hard. I'm telling you, I've got teenagers for the first time ever. Well, I mean, Griffin's been a teenager for three years, but You know, the other day I said something that's just a fact in our family. It was something social, so I won't share it with you, but it was kind of like, well, of course that kid's going to misbehave. And Griffin was like, mom, that kid, he's not even like that bad. And I'm like, okay, this is a fact. This kid is going to misbehave, right? And it, it totally is a fact. This, this child has some behavioral struggles and it, there was no judgment in what I was saying, but you know, all of a sudden I was just wrong, even about something that was a fact, which then doesn't damage relationships with your kids. I don't want to say that, but it makes you feel less vulnerable. It makes you feel like you're walking on eggshells all the time. It makes you feel like you can't like fully participate in a meeting because there is this like kind of contention there's this like adversarial vibe to the meetings so where does this come from you know i have parents at meetings that will say like frankly ashley i don't want to agree with anything they say because i don't trust them and i think that's what it gets down to is there's this like lack of trust lack of vulnerability i don't trust them i don't like them i don't want to say yes to anything if they say that the sky is blue i'm going to say no it isn't if they say that the sky is green i'm not going to throw them a bone or i'm sorry the grass is green <laughs> If they say the sky is green, you're going to be like, huh? If they say grass is green, I'm not going to throw them a bone and be like, okay, I'll agree with you that the grass is green, right? And so, you know, what is this? I think it is a lack of trust. And if you get into, you know, team building stuff, lots of times, you know, I love that book, Patrick Lencioni, Five Dysfunctions to a Team, Lack of Trust oftentimes will come from a lack of ability to be vulnerable, to just throw that bone, to say, you know, I don't know the answer to something. I feel in over my head. 
I feel just really anxious because of the vibe around here. All of those things, like if we don't feel vulnerable and if we can't model that vulnerability, then we aren't going to be able to get to yes. And so, you know, maybe it's this like lack of vulnerability, lack of trust and insecurity with what we don't know. And insecurity, and that, that might be the special education law. It might mean the special education advocacy practice. It might be, it might be a lack of knowledge about what's happening at school. A lot of times we feel less willing to share and less willing to say yes in a meeting because we're like, I have no idea. I don't know what you guys are doing. And because I don't know, I just want to say no. Right? So where is this coming from? Why do we have this kind of heightened emotional state? where we just want to say no to everything. So we don't like it when our kids behave this way. We don't like it when we behave this way. We don't like it when other people behave this way. So how can we fix it? What we can do is we can say yes. I want to talk to you about how to say yes, but let's spend a second talking about the power of saying yes. I'm telling you right now, it can turn a meeting around really quickly if we just hop into yes. So what happens when we come into yes is we address all of those things that we just talked about. We start to build trust. The smallest, simplest yes can start to build trust in our meetings. We say yes and they're like, oh, okay, we got somewhere. Now let's see if we can capitalize on this. Now let's see if we can start to collaborate. Let's see if we can work. So we go from this like adversarial, highly emotional vibe where like our heads are butting up against each other to like, huh, maybe we can work with that. We also start to build trust then, right? Because, you know, if somebody's going to say no, 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 to everything we say, we are not going to trust them because we're going to be like, well, they don't listen to a word I say. All they say is no, like a teenager or like a cop. So if we can start to say yes every once in a while and model it, hey, somebody's got to do it. Why not be you? Then we're going to start to get that trust. It might take time not saying it's fast, but it can turn a meeting around immediately. Saying yes also builds relationships because now we're starting to collaborate. It all starts to happen. We're modeling that vulnerability and the relationships are going to form in that vulnerability and that trust that starts to come from that. And what happens is ultimately we're trying to bring the meeting back to a place where we're making decisions objectively, where we're making decisions reasonably. If we can trust each other, if we can bounce ideas off of one another, if we can actually collaborate, then we're going to come back to something objective and something reasonable. And if we can come back to objective and reasonable, instead of acting like toddlers and teenagers, we are going to get to yes faster. Okay, so how do we do it? You know, simple negotiation strategy. If you are entering a mediation, sometimes we'll say, where do we agree, right? Now, IEPs aren't really built that way. Like we don't go into IEP meetings and say, okay, where do we agree? Sometimes they wanna read to you, but at the very least, you know, we usually start talking about present levels. So we talk about data, we talk about evaluation results, we talk about where the student is. And so when they're going through that stuff, like sometimes I do let them read. Oftentimes I say, you know what, you don't have to read to us if you just want to go to where our comments are. Maybe we can do this a little bit more efficiently. 
but sometimes I let them read, especially if it's going to be contentious, because I'm like, just let them run the meeting. That's a, that's a win for them. Let them run the meeting the way they want to run the meeting. But also, I, you know, will stop them when they're reading and be like, yes, that's so exciting. Yes, this is great. Compliment them. Compliment them where you can compliment them. Man, I got to tell you, nobody else has ever tried that strategy, that behavior strategy, and wow, what success. Or, you know what, I just want to stop and say, you guys really understand him. You really seem to know him, and that is so exciting. Make jokes, you know, like, that sounds like my kid. Even if it's something that might sound negative, make jokes. That way, when you come back and you've got something that you want to push on, you know, or something where you want to ask a question, you've got this relationship built. So say yes, agree in ways other than just saying yes, and just kind of be like, yeah, yeah, this is cool. We agree. The idea here is to find places where you can agree and be deliberate about it. Like actually think, I'm going to try to be in agreement on a lot of these things. Half the time, there's stuff that they really care about that you couldn't care less about, if you deliberately agree, they think they've got some victory and you don't care, so it's fine. But if that doesn't happen, then here's what you can do in order to deliberately agree with things. Give them small victories. Give them a couple of wins that you actually do care about. This is teamwork. There's plenty of time. And if there isn't time, then don't do it right? But, you know, let's say you got a second grader and you've got a list of 13 things that you want. Well, prioritize those. There's going to be a couple of those, maybe even a few that you don't agree on. But if you can get some low hanging fruit, some things that don't matter as much for you, and you can say to the district, you know what? I'm willing to try that. I'm willing to try that. And you can even put conditions on it. I'm willing to try that, but could we meet again and you know, next quarter to look to see how this is going, or I'm willing to try that, but you know, we're going to do this outside of school. And then can we talk about how it goes or, you know what, that works, but I don't want for you to think that works when we get down to educational placement or service minutes, or I'm not going to budge on Orton Gillingham in a second. Like, I don't want everybody to think that everything's going to be sunshine and roses throughout this entire meeting, but I'm willing to agree that, I don't know, whatever it is, whatever's happening earlier on in the meeting. So make a list of your wants, of your goals for the meeting, of your desires, prioritize those and give the other side, whether it's the school team or it's the advocate or it's the speech therapist, whoever it is, give them little wins that matter less. This can make a humongous difference in your advocacy. I promise, I promise, I promise. So that is the power of yes, short and simple, totally imperfect, I hope it helps you. I will see you next week at the same time, same place. Maybe we'll have our act together a little bit better. I doubt it, but maybe a girl can dream.